You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Shalom, this is Turma Rabban on Mila. This is a question that I want to deal with tonight. Is something that became so prevalent uh, in the, really perhaps even in the 18th century, but especially in the 19th century, in the 20th century, as intermarriage became almost the norm in certain communities. And instead of there being a complete severance of one side in this intermarriage, these intermarriages became tolerant of the religions that the spouses came from. And even in in some circles, that was held out as a, a model of how perhaps it should be. And even though it would be a Gentile, non-Jewish wife, who therefore gave birth to a halachically non-Jewish child, the question was, would you allow a bris to happen, especially if the parents want it? The mother isn't talking now about converting, and they're not even talking about the child being considered a, a convert. It came from the antebellum South in um, 1865. I guess the, the Civil War had basically ended with the South in defeat. Started from the American South, ended up as a debate among the mid-19th century Rabbonim in Europe. Two of the most famous Rabbonim argued about it. I'm starting now with the, with the argument and question of Rabbi Tzvi Hersh Kalisher. was the Rav in Tahorn. And he was a student of Rav Kiveger and a friend of the great tzaddik, Rav Leo Gutmacher, and is very famous for his sefer, Jerishas Tzioi, which is a sefer that pushed for the establishment of a community in Eretz Yisrael, land owned by Jews, he wrote letters to Baron Rothschild. He wrote letters to uh, Sir Moses Montefiore. He was the first great proto-Zionist who actually didn't just express love of Eretz Yisrael in the Midrashim. He sketched a halachic process tethered with a hashkafa as to why this is the right way to slowly, slowly take over the land to move to build the Mizbeach, to bring a Korban Pesach. That is what he was very well known as. And his book, Drishas Tzion, went through a number of printings and became almost like a, a first Bible for the Chobave Tzion and eventually for the, the Tzionis, Tzionim. And he is revered throughout the Mizrahi movement as the great oracle and prophet of how we could come back there to Israel. Now, he wrote this letter to the uncontested halachic leader of the time of German Jewry. Not necessarily the ultimate leader, because, of course, in 1865, Hirsch was in... Um, Frankfurt by that time. Um, there was also, of course, Rav Zevigman Baumberger as well. And this man, the one that the letter was written to, Rav Azriel Hildesheimer, 
the the seminary in Berlin was known as the Hildesheimer Seminary. It was his idea. He was he of course took uh he and Hirsch were on opposite sides on a number of issues, but he was considered one of the great Rabonim of Germany and a Paisik with Kalerscher's letter. My good friend, the great, incredible genius and scholar, the Chochem HaSholem, not just a, a posek and a, a yeshiva person, a complete, total Chochem. I know in my soul what sort of person of truth you are. I know that that is what the truth is what makes you tick because I want you to be made on something here, as you're going to see in a minute. You love research that's trying to find truth for truth's sake. Therefore, I want to present to you my modest opinion. Great men, great thinkers have argued about this, but I, I'm not with them. Whenever you have a thing and you take the bone, you take the points to argue for it, and you take the points that are meant to um, knock it down, the points against it, when you put the points honestly on the table, why we should do it, why we shouldn't do this. And you use your mind that is unprejudiced as a as, as a scale to put these together. Then the the rays of truth shine forth. The truth is, I found out about this question in some of the German Jewish newspapers that had been circulating. There was their Israelit, which was in German, Das Orient, which was in German, and then you also had the Magid, which was in Hebrew. And these were newspapers that that were sort of a, a a mix of many, many topics. Some of them political, some of them the news, what was happening in the rabbinic world. And these were questions now in halacha. So I thought maybe since this is where this issue has arisen in the newspapers, in the, in the journals, maybe I figured I, inst- I would also write in the journals. There happens to be, again, using this language from Tanakh, I didn't want to attack these three people who had come out to answer this case. I didn't want to have to attack the three that had already been publicly, had stated their opinion. Instead, I decided to write you a private letter. Who mar yididi nero yoyer? You are my good friend. And by me and you talking, you know, because there's these other two fellows. One of them is you'll see their names soon. One of them was a doctor. He didn't want to write in in German. He didn't want it to be in the public domain. He wanted it to be in the style and the format of G'dayle Oilam writing to each other. And he says, if I write to you directly, Why? When you speak truthfully, we know it's going to last. Again, because he's going to try to convince Hildesheimer, Kalisher is, to move away from his accepted opinion. And I know we both will admit. So I'll wait for my answer from you. And I, if it's between me and you, uh, far from the matting crowd, 
will admit the truth. I read this to you, not just I know that for some of you, you're saying, well, let's get to the let's get to the meat here. To me, this is all part of the meat. The way Rabbonim write, the way they recognize each other, and also even here, the psychology of what Kawashir is about, because he knows what he's going to write here might be a little bit Orleans. He means New Orleans. I, I, I'm not trying to downplay what they've done. They've married non-Jewish women. And they've had children. So once, right away, you see from the way Kawashir writes, it's clear that they have done a terrible Isser. They have violated one of the cardinal principles of Yadus, of getting involved with non-Jewish women. What Ezra HaSofer bemoaned, what Pinchas was mechanic, Kinnus Hashem is for, we know how terrible it is in our halacha, in our tradition. And he doesn't minimize that. But he says, they still have, they feel that they're Jews. Lev Yisrael Hikashayrish Belibam. The Jewish heart still beats deeply in them. When Molem calls that they're going to have a boy, they want him to have a Mila. And the mothers, these non Jewish women, even though they'll say, okay, you want to circumcise him? All right, Ignatz, you want to circumcise that boy? Okay. But we'll not. Dumping him in into the into that pool of water and gonna call him a Jewish boy, <laughs> right? They're not gonna allow that. Meaning that you could have said that they were gonna be they were gonna bring the boy to Gerus. No, it's not Gerus. Barav Disham, the rabbi of New Orleans, and 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 it might be. I'm wondering if it's Rabbi Illaway. Because I know he was the rabbi in New Orleans for a while. And he's, of course, one of the famous rabbonim that actually had a lot of contact with the, the rabbonim in Europe. But he said, how can it be? This is, this is worse. We're not going to let a, a, this kid get a, a bris, what they call a phony bris mila. There shouldn't be a bris. And if any person decides that he's going to be the mohel for such a thing, it's an, a terrible Aveira to do that. And this Rav in New Orleans decreed that whoever, whichever mohel answers the call to Ignatz and goes out to the plantation and gets the big money for doing the mila, from that point on, the mohel is considered, he loses his job. Because how could any Moel take part in that? Any Moel who takes part in such a, an intermarriage bris should lose his job. And I guess for the, for the father, it's an Aveira too, what he's doing. So the Rabbanim in America, it sounds like they weren't so happy with what the rabbi of New Orleans had said. There was already a discussion in, among American rabbis whether the, the sharp approach of the New Orleans rabbi was right. Three questions they asked the giants of Europe. One, is it really an Avera? to give a bris for them? Two, and is it right for a rabbi of the community to actually take away the, the parnosa of a moil that went against his what his job was? Three, is it really wrong for a Yisrael is it true that Ignatz has done a, a terrible thing by 
giving his non-Jewish halachic child into a bris? Those were the three questions. So, those were already answered by Kau, by Hildesheimer in their Israelit that it is Osir. I don't, again, I'm not, I don't know what he, I'm not sure of what Kau, of Hildesheimer's original answer was about the Mohel. But Kawasher now writes, it's a mitzvah to give these kids a bris. And I'm going to bring a bunch of proof to this. And you can see a halacha that really has nothing to do with our case at all. It has to do with um, a child that dies before the bris. And the Ramah decided to add a note to this halacha. Nebuch, a child who dies and doesn't have a bris yet, the minig is to do a bris on his grave, etc., etc. For some reason, the Ramah decided there speaking about this awful case, he writes, If it's usher to give a mila, to cut the foreskin off of a non-Jew, if he's not coming for the sake of being a convert, Okay, that's this halacha. Sounds like you can't give a bris to a goy, right? If he's not, if it's not part of a conversion, it's usher to do it. Okay. Um, the Ramah in Darke Moshe writes, and it's quoted here. Um, in the uh, Ber Hagela, that this comes from the Rabbeinu Yeruchim. The Beis Yosef quotes the Rabbeinu Yeruchim, as you can see here. Beis Yosef Seif Simon Reish Samachvav B'Shem Rabbeinu Yeruchim. So Rabbeinu Yeruchim, of course, one of the Rishonim, a student basically of the Rosh, that would be the 14th century, he quotes Goinim who say that do not give a bris to a non-Jew if it is not part of a conversion. So that's what the Ramos quote. Now this seems to go against what Kawashram wants. That's this rub, that's this piece of Shalochos. The the Rabbi Yosef Cairo wrote, writes, Goy, Shabo Rachtoch or Losay Mipne Maka. Let's say a non-Jew comes to a Jew in order to cut from his foreskin area a wound, an infection that is taken root there. So the Yisroel cannot cut that. He's a doctor. Maybe he's a moel who knows how to cut in that area. And the non-Jew knocks on his door and says, you know, um, you know, Rabbi Wolf, I've got something to show you. The, non- the Jew is not supposed to cut it. Mipnei, shalei niskaven hagoi mitzvah. Because he's not coming for a mitzvah. Hmm. Now, what mitzvah would he be coming for? What mitzvah would he be coming for? The mitzvah of of becoming a Jew? Is that a mitzvah for him? Is that is, is it Gerus? Because here it is, it maybe it's in Hilchas Gerus. Is that what this is talking about? Lefikach. So in other words, so basically, you're, this halach is telling you 
that if he's not coming for a mitzvah, we'll see what mitzvah is in a minute, but he's coming because he's got this, he's got, he's got MRSA on, on his penis, which might lead to infection of all the white blood cells in his body. And he might, who knows what's going to happen, succumb to sepsis that's going to run through his system. The Jews shouldn't do it. Why? So this is based on a Gemara in Avedah Zorah. And this deals with a very, very unpolitically correct piece of Gemara that says that not a Jew is not supposed to save a non-Jew who's already in a state of life and death difficulty. That's called Ein, ein Lomalin Ve'ein Moridin that if they're already in the depths of this state, you don't actively help them, but you don't necessarily openly push them. So here, he's in a state where this could maybe kill him. So therefore, you're not supposed to, you're not supposed to save him. That is what this Allah is basically saying. Because he's not coming for a mitzvah. But if the guy wants Mila, mitzvah Yisrael Now the Yisrael has a mitzvah to do it. Now, what does he mean? Does he mean Mila, that he wants to become a Jew? So even, the, in other words, there's a double thing going on here. In other words, he happens to want to become a Jew, and he also happens to have grown, or what started growing on his aver was something that might kill him. But he also wants to he wants to maybe become a Jew at this time. So if that's what's going on, you're supposed to do what? You're supposed to, there's a mitzvah to, to actually do it. But if there are places where you're allowed to give refuah to a non-Jew. In other words, the halacha, the way the Beis Yosef wrote it, assumed that you're not allowed to cure a non-Jew. But there are situations where you're allowed to. And if you're allowed to cure the non-Jew, then no matter why he's coming to you, you're allowed to do it. Okay? He quotes here the Numuka Yosef in Periknosan um, uh, Nusa and Yavamos, and the Rambam and Rashi as well, and he says, look back in Simon Kufnun Ches, which is how we deal with non-Jews. Okay, so a little bit of background is necessary here. The Gemara Nabodazara says that, and it quotes the Amaroyim, that if the non-Jews are around us and they'll know what we did, and there's this sense of Ava that they are going to know sort of pogroms and other things they might unleash on the community, given the chance. The Gemara says clearly, according to Rabbi Yosef's statement there in Avodah Zarah, Tavchavov, that if the non-Jew is willing to pay for the action, if the non-Jew is willing to pay for the action, so then a situation of Ava exists. And Ava means that you don't have an excuse. In other words, if you're telling me that you're not going to pay, you could easily say, look, uh, you know what? You go, I, 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 right now I'm busy. Uh, you know, I've got work to do. There's another doctor down the street. You should maybe go to him. There's doctor, you know, uh, you know, uh, Dr. Kennedy down the street. You should maybe go to him. Um, but if he's willing to pay you, then Rabbi Yosef says it looks then Ava will rear its head. People will find out the guy was willing to pay. So whenever payment is put on the table, schar is put on the table, we now, not because we love non-Jews, but the reason we do it is because otherwise it will ricochet against us. The Gemara says. And that is what the, the Ramah means. That if you're in a situation where 
and like Moshe Feinstein says, in America where you have establishment, established doctors, and they are recognized by uh, various uh, hospitals and, uh, and and state certif- certifications, then obviously every single doctor must deal with every non-Jew and do whatever it takes to save all their lives because everything will ricochet against us. Uh, the way the way uh, organized medical associations have become, and therefore doctors have to do their utmost to do whatever they can to save. Uh, non-Jewish patients. And again, it gets into a question about taking Shabbos shifts and things like that. And that's really a separate discussion than what I want to talk about today. But what we see over here, seemingly, is that this was the halacha based on medieval times and in places where there wasn't necessarily payment given. And what you also seem to see is that there's something called a kavana for Mila. What does that kavana for Mila mean? Mishnah had said that um, a Jewish midwife should not act as a midwife for a non-Jewish woman because that child is going to probably be a Oved Avodah Now again, perhaps today, the way Avodah has been mostly eliminated from many of the civilized countries, this wouldn't apply. But acting as a midwife, you're bringing another person who is serving false gods and clouding God's plan in the world. Okay. Um... That's what the Mishnah says. So based on that, uh, the Gemara goes into a discussion about dealing with the non-Jews and helping and, and, and saving them and doing what it takes to for them. You're telling me that she shouldn't act as a midwife or a wet nurse. And here it says that a Jewish woman can be a midwife for a non-Jew for schar if she gets paid. What's the difference? So Rav Yosef says the reason is because if she's getting paid, there's no excuse, and this will create a situation of Ava. Rav Yosef wanted to go so far to say, this has to do with Rav Moshe's psaq about Jewish doctors taking um, their shifts on Shabbos. Rav Yosef wanted to say she could even be a midwife for a non-Jewish woman on Shabbos, which means she's going to have to boil water, she's going to have to do other sorts of malachos in order to get the baby out of the birth canal, even on Shabbos too, if she's getting paid. Again, because otherwise it could result in in, in, in what sort of repercussions? Abaya disagreed. Abaya said, you can always tell her, no, I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it goes against my religious sensibilities. You're right. I will come to a Jewish woman's house and help her have a child because we basically keep Shabbos. So since we're keeping Shabbos, you're allowed to be Machalo Shabbos to bring this child into the world because through the Chilo Shabbos we'll do to bring the child into the world, we now have another Shabbos observer. But I can't do it for you. Rabbi Yosef wanted to say similarly that when it comes to nursing a child, you can nurse a child if you're getting paid because once again, there's no excuse. And once again, Abaya said, you know what, Rabbi, maybe not. A, a, a Jewish nurse woman is able to tell a Baba Misa to stop the Ava from erupting. She could say, look, there's other wet nurses. I know you're paying good money, but the truth is I, I want to get married. And you know what? Uh, I'm not going to look so good if I'm always nursing other children. It spoils my figure. And if she's already a married woman, she could say, look, um, you know, my husband really doesn't want me to do it. He doesn't want me nursing babies, especially other people's babies. Now, from that, the Gemara Rabbi Yosef went on to say 
that even though we have a brisa that says a non-Jew, lo malin velo maridan, you're not supposed to save a non-Jew if he's in a if he's in a pit. You don't lift him up, but asuki b'schar mishum eva. I can what based on eva. You can do what? You have to save him. If there's an Ava situation, if he's going to pay, that's a position. Once again, Abaya says, I don't think that's true, Rebbe. Why not? Because you could say, um, you know what? Um, I'd like to help you. I know you're in the pit, but my kid is dying somewhere. My kid is in, in trouble. I've got to go save my kid. So there's ways to get out of it according to Abaya. This is what Abaya wants to say. The Gemara says that if you have a, and on that, the Gemara brings this brysa, Yisroel mo es hagoi ger. You're allowed to give him a bris to become a ger. Lafuke murna delo. But for murna, you're not allowed. Okay, what does this mean? So Rashi says, If a worm, a tapeworm, has gotten into his foreskin and starts putting its suckers into it and is now, who knows what sort of illness he's going to get. You're not allowed to. So the way Rashi explains the Gemara, this is an extension of what we saw before. If there's payment, we can pass like Abaya that we're worried about Ava. But if there's not payment, you're not allowed to do it. Hmm. Okay. So, yes, like the Ramos says, if you're if the, if he's being paid and there's an Ava situation, you can definitely cut the Orla off. But but the implication, if you read the Gemara, is it says Lushum what? Lushum Ger. That's what the Gemara said. Yisrael Moes Agoy Lushum Ger. What can't you do? Okay. Now, what about something in the middle? What about the case in New Orleans? The case in New Orleans, it wasn't for you're saving the kid's life. Over there, and it's not for the shame gear. Is based on the Gemara. Would that be would that be mutter or not? Now, the Shulchan Aruch that I mentioned to you that we started to that we started looking at says that. Also, Israel lachatcha b'pnei shon eskav and agoy l'mitzvah. Is that the mitzvah of mila, or is that the is that is that the mitzvah becoming a ger, or is that possibly that maybe he wants to fulfill a mitzvah even though he doesn't want to become a Jew, he wants that mitzvah to happen, but he doesn't want it to be a Jew. You could be medayik from Rashi. That the that the way the Gemara explains the Brisa, it's only a question of of of, of doing going against the Isser of saving a guy's life. But it, it seems like Lushem, some sort of mitzvah, though not to become a Jew, it would be okay based on this Brisa. And if you read the Lush on the Shulchan Aruch, that seems to be what the Shulchan Aruch is saying. Now, of course, you could disagree, but if you take a look at the Rambam in Hilchas Mila, which is, in a way, the source of the Shulchan Aruch's language, let's take a look at the Rambam. This is exactly like the Shulchan Aruch. And he explains why. Because a non-Jew, you're not supposed to save him. But you don't kill him either. There's a mitzvah. What's the mitzvah that you did? It's not the mitzvah of saving his life, because there is no mitzvah to save this guy's life. So what is the mitzvah? There's a mitzvah. Because he was not niskaven for a mitzvah. One second, Miriam. What does the Rambam mean? 
Okay, this is basically the Shulchan Aruch took out some of the language of the Rambam, but it's clear that the Shulchan, it's clear that Cairo based his halacha on the Rambam, although he doesn't quote him exactly verbatim. What does the Rambam mean when he says there's a mitzvah that happened here, but the non-Jew didn't have this in mind? However, if this is what he has in mind, despite the fact that he has this wound on his body, then it's mutter for the Yisrael to do the mila. Shulchan Aruch changes it to mitzvah Yisrael <laughs> That it's a mitzvah. Whereas the Rambam wrote mutter. Sounds like the Shulchan Aruch, if the Shulchan Aruch is based on it's even going further. Yes, Miriam, what did you want to say? No, it's very interesting. It's like Mitzvah says, so it's like he is not obligated, but he still does it. Okay. But there are certain mitzvahs that the non-Jew is not allowed to do, like Shomer Shabbos, 100%. Yes, so we say to Gerim that they have to break something. So just during Shabbos, even like one small thing, like people who are just before based in. So I just wonder, like, is it... So I guess it's mutar for non-Jew to be circumcised, and because it's mutar, and they can take that mitzvah on themselves, even if they're not Lashem Giyur, correct? Yes. That's how it's... That, that's, what, that's, what, that's what it seems the Rambam is saying. When the Rambam yeah. says that there is a mitzvah that's being done, the Rambam seems to hold, and I think this fits in very well if we go back to last week's Mora Nevuchim, right? <clears throat> Yeah, you could just say any mitzvah that, that the Jewish people have, the non-Jews can take it upon themselves, and like you said, as a ena mitzvah osa, as opposed to the Zion mitzvahs that they are machuyev to do. But any mitzvah, even the mitzvah of mila, can be taken on, and that's called right. Yeah. Yes, right. Uh, I am also thinking, would you not consider um uh that the father really wants to fulfill a myth, even though it's I understand that uh it's not it's not exactly along the lines of halakha, but I think the very fact that the father wants to circumcise his son is no other reason in terms of medicine or any or saving a life, but to do a mitzvah. He wants to be him a part of a Jewish tradition, even though it's again. So it could be Lashem, he could be a Shliach. You know what I'm saying? That, that yes, so you're right. So Dr. Kogan. Girut. It could be considered Lashem Girut to a certain level. Right. You're you're hundred percent correct, but you're right. It's you have to make a jump. In the case of the Rambam, the way we're interpreting the Rambam, it would seem that the person himself, right? is telling us he's he's an adult and he wants to have his foreskin cut off because he wants to fulfill and not as a Jew but he wants to take on the mitzvah of the Jewish people and therefore we we do it it's mutter to do it the the machaber writes mitzvah to do it right but but it, when it, he's doing it for his child, and like you say, he represents his child, it's a little bit you have to you have to work harder to explain that because the child, right, is 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 not really active here. He's just an eight year old, eight day old baby. But the father wants that mitzvah to be niskayim. And again, it's interesting. He wants the mitzvah of the father doing a mila to a son to be this guy of him. So it's a little bit harder to make that case. It's one thing, like, you know, the, the, based on this Rambam, we might say that the non Jew could put tefillin on also as a mitzvah if he wants it to. It is a stretch. I'm not, I'm not. No, 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 no. And, and you're right. This is what we got to think about. We have to think about is can we draw a straight line here? That's what Kalisher is, is going to attempt to do for us. I want to show it is in terms of giving a a a mila to a non-Jew who is uncircumcised. Can a Jew do this or not? And can we make a difference between Muslims and Christians? So also, what does that brisa mean in, in, in Avodah Zara? That you you mal the goy for the sake of being a ger, but not because of the disease that's in his 
Aver. What do we mean that you can, what does it mean you give a, a, a bris to a guy? Oh, oh, sorry, you, to, if it's for Geras. What does that mean, Shame Ger? So, Mutter Yisrael, Lemolas Hagoy, in Kavonas Hagoy, Lechrosa Orla Asira. If what he wants to do is take that Orla away, he wants it, take it off of his body. Now, he wrote this in Arabic, so, but I think the point is, is that based on the Marnavuchim, I think we understand, he he understands the benefit, and he also wants to live as a less sensual being. This is, look, Miriam, any mitzvah the guy does, no snin lo, he gets schar for it. But, there's a caveat. He has to believe in our tradition. It can't be that it's in the Quran, or it has to be that he, maybe his parents are Muslims, but he is a believer in the prophecy of the Torah. And he believes that God gave us this command, and it's a godly command from the creator of the world to us, and he believes that that was given to us, and he wants to join us in that as a uh, as a member of the human race. Not because he's doing it for some other reason, or he's come to that conclusion because of Muhammad or anything else. He has to have come to it based on Torah. And he's a, why doesn't he become a, a Jew? Well, I'm not ready to do that. But I believe that God gets, said it to Abraham. I believe that God spoke to the Jews at, at Har Sinai. I believe you guys are doing the right thing. I'd like to have a little part of that. And he says, that's the Bryce of Lezer ben Yaakov that I explained at the end of my the big Chibor. In other words, at the end of Mishnah Torah, I basically write this, that a guy who decides to do mitzvahs gets schar. Now, in other words, the Brisa says, give him the bris for the sake of becoming a ger. It's sort of a strange Brisa. We all know from other sources that that's that is one of the most important things that needs to be done to become a Jew, is you have a bris. So what's the, the bris is teaching us. So, In other words, the bris could give the impression against what we just said. The bris could say, that's why Lafuke is not from the bris itself, it's the Gemara uh, it's the Gemara analyzing and 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 giving this uh, this statement that is saying it's only tr- this is what the Bryce is trying to say because if you have the Bryce out there it seems to indicate that the only guy that can get a bris is a guy who's going through the process and on that the Talmud tells us what the Bryce means she'ain inyan l'shum ger l'mute l'shem milavu goy. It's not trying to tell you that he can't be in the middle somewhere and just be a goy doing the mitzvah. El mute morna. The Bryce is telling you that, because normally most goyim don't come to us to just get the mitzvah. So when the Bryce says, go, go ahead and give him the bris l'shem ger, it meant don't give him, uh, uh, don't cut the orla off if he has the disease. Ratzel there's somewhat of a mitzvah in it. Again, even though he'll end up being a non-Jew with a less sexual nature and has joined the, the the humanity that is less driven by their passions, still that's not what he wanted. He just wanted to be healed. You're not allowed to heal this heathen. 
This is based on a principle that's well known. You're not allowed to save a guy who's in a state where he might die. And that's why it says, if a person's a guy, you don't save him. And this is based on the idea of lo sichonem, that you don't give them that favor of giving back their lives. But that's not the iser of giving a of, of cutting and helping a guy do this mitzvah. And there's no difference, the Rambam says, whether he's a Christian or a Muslim from his source. Rabbi Kivalevich, yes. Uh, it, it, I, I, I'm looking in vain here. I don't see anything like this. I mean, it's just talking about a non-Jew. And uh, obviously the writer that we looked at in Avodah was talking about, about uh, an idol worshiper. Uh, well, well Bob, let me, well, Bob, let me correct you on that. We, we have no clear knowledge about what the original text was. In, in 85% of the places, it usually just used the words goy. And, and because of censorship and self-censorship, it was replaced with the word avaitis kachavim. And you can see, Bob, that was the Rambam's girsa in the Gemara. Look, look, look at Bob, look at the way it was printed to him. Yisroel Moes Hagoy was shame gear. That was the Brysa. That's the Rambam's Girsa in the Gemara. What we have, what I showed you from the Bariwan thing is 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 the text the way it's come down to us. But that wasn't the text in the in, in the Rishonim. The Rishonim's text was Goy. Okay. Well, I I thank you for pointing that out. That's a big that is a big point. But I'm just wondering if the original argument, um, for example, when it was talking about the midwives and and uh, and so on, that w- seemed to be the issue. Seemed to be, you know, why by raising them to become Ovdevotas are. You're right. You're right. right. So, right. so if you it, would it, I'm what I'm wondering about is would it make a difference if you said this is. Somebody who, while not Jewish, is yet someone who observes the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach. No, so then, then, then he becomes, then he becomes a Gertoshov. Then, then, then he's not part of this goy. In other words, if you have a goy stam, and here you see, look, look what it says here: goy mm-hmm. v'kusi. Right now, the kusim will get it. Well, it's not really our subject tonight, but a regular non-Jew, lo malin v'lo maridin. You're not supposed to save them. Now. The reason was, Bob, you could suggest, based on what it says about the midwives, because of the prevalence of of Odazara in the world, mm-hmm. and and probably he's going to join them or be part of them, although you don't know if he's a card-carrying idol worshiper. So therefore, you, I think, are getting to this point, and sorry for stealing your thunder, that a lot of this would become irrelevant if there is no more of is saying that he can fulfill it as a non-commanded person. And therefore, even, a, as he says, a, a Muslim or a Christian, if he comes to us with the proper intent, he can. we can do this Mila, even though he stays a non-Jew. There's a, now, this is the version of the tshuva, the way it's found in almost every source. However, there was, in the Leipzig edition, of the Chuvas Harambam, incredibly, there is a different version of this. And let, let me read it to you. It's it's here on the side of the page. Was can he do priya for a guy? Not mila, but priya, which means the foreskin has been cut. And the question now is: can he basically pull the membrane down and reveal the crown? And can he do that? And according to Tfus Leipzig, what he said is, if the non-Jew has cut so he's coming to us because, you know what, he couldn't finish the job. So he shows up already, having done half of it, and he's, he says, I need a moyo, I need a moyo, I, I can't finish the job here. Can the Jew finish it? 
Because again, but the, the logic here is the same because he's trying to do a mitzvah. <laughs> the Torah writes, <laughs> Interesting that he throws this in according to this Nusach of the Tshuva. I don't know why he's mentioning Geras at all. The Goy is coming. So this is a totally different tshuva. Again, it seems to be our tshuva, but in a totally different way. According to this, the guy comes because he wanted to do bris milah. He shows up at the door and he says, I need the moil. I need the rabbi. The rabbi says, look, buddy, I'm going to do this for you, but I'm calling in two other rabbis, and you're going to have to accept upon yourself to do all the mitzvahs of B'nai Noyach. V'zeu ger toshav, v'tzorach lo, sheyikabel b'fnei shlosha chaveirim. That's what you see in the Bryce of Lezer ben Yaakov, that a guy who keeps mitzvahs can have olam haba. V'farkasau, according to this version of the Rambam, it's a little bit more strict. In other words, first of all, it doesn't necessarily mean that if he comes to us for, without any meal that we do it. But over here, he's sort of in a situation where he wants it finished. And what we force upon him, according to this version of the Rambam's tshuva, is we force him to become a complete Zion mitzvah guy. We force him, and even Bismana Zed sounds like, that we can make him accept being a Noachide. So to be, uh, in other words, to only have bris mila and not be a Noachide would be wrong. Yes, it's a package. It's not one of the seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach, but unless you're going to be a seven mitzvahs b'nei Noach guy, that you're part of us, then you can now, we can now help you do this other mitzvah, which is, I want to have a bris milah. So this is a little bit different than what the Rambam's tshuva wrote, the way we have it, which is, we're going to, uh, you have to accept what Moshe said in the Torah. But it's sort of similar. There, there, there are conditions to be able to keep this mitzvah. Either you're going to be a card-carrying, whether you like it or not, Sheva Mitzvah's guy, and you better accept it. Or we better we we are we have to make sure that you believe in our traditions and are completely. The question is, are we going to make that jump from the person himself, the person who wants to do it for his child? So Shlav Aleph in this Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I hope you liked what you heard. If you did, please take a moment to share this or any of the many episodes available on our platform with friends in order to help grow our community. Until next time, Shalom. Shalom.